Welcome to the favorites. We are calling this the Thunderdome edition of the favorites in the volume podcast network. Our second episode in our new partnership with the Colin Cowherd led volume podcast network. We're pumped here at the Action Network. We're pumped. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. After a year-long hiatus, March Madness has finally arrived. Actually, two years. We have not had March Madness basketball in like 700 days. And there is no better way to introduce the Thunderdome edition of The Favorites than this. Our guests are going to compete alongside my companion, my BFF, my co-host, professional better, Simon Hunter. It will be a battle of wagers and wits that makes the SATs look like a Cosmo quiz. Simon, how are you, buddy? Did you ever think that I'd force you to answer trivia questions for our audience's amusement? And also, by the way, not just amusement, their betterment and education as we head into a massive betting event. Hello, Chad. Hello, Uh, Simon. I'm excited. I haven't been fired yet. I've, I've made it to the second episode, so I'm really living my dream right now. Somehow this week, I became... I went from being your co-host to your sidekick. People are calling me Robin. What, yeah. what happened? How did you become Batman? And I'm Robin. That's what happens to everybody. You can ask <laughs> Matt Mitchell. You come to the Action Network and you start working full time, you learn your place pretty quickly. When you're sort of out there in the ether and we're not paying you and you're just my buddy coming on the podcast, I'll give you whatever you need. When you get to the Action Network, you learn where you stand in the pecking order real fast. It is me and everybody else. Chad Millman is proud of himself. It sounds right. I realized I got health insurance, but now I'm called Rob. It's a fair trade. You will re-elevate to co-host status very, very quickly, especially when we get to the NFL season. And I will just be uh, sitting along the side rail, listening to everything you say and trying to make all the money. But today, Simon, you will face two guest challengers. And our first guest is our new teammate, Alex Monaco, sports gambling host on the Volume Podcast Network, more affectionately known as Moneyline Monaco, my favorite guilt-ridden gambling host. What's going on, brother? All right, Chad. Thank you for the wonderfully warm intro. That is exactly what it is. As I was telling you, half Jewish, half Italian. We lose these bets on the Action Network now, and they're on record. I'll I'll be going from eight hours to five hours of sleep, uh, like last night when I chased the freaking Clippers plus eight live. But no, I'm very excited to be here. I I pretty much gamble on everything. I mean, I I don't know if you've seen it out there in the ether. I am a fanatic. It's a nice way to say degenerate. Very much married to the the gambling game. I got a second TV to my right. So it's a two TVs, no girlfriend up in here by design. So yeah, (laughs) very, very excited to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. Here is our second guest. Of course, most people would know him. He is Colin Wilson, uh, one of our Action Network brilliant analysts, especially when it comes to college sports. Uh, Jesus Christ, he's been doing this forever. He's a co-host of the Action Network podcast. You've been hearing him all season long on the College Basketball Podcast with Stucky and Mike Randall. He's an Arkansas alum. Woo, pig suey. We already know that he does not like Arkansas to make the final four, even though that means he'll be rejected by his community. Colin, how are you? Chad, I'm doing great today. And I think a more appropriate introduction would be 
person that has donated to the Bobby Petrino and Brett Bielema buyouts. That couldn't be any more disparaging as throwing that news my way. Well, guess what? Pretty soon, you may be able to contribute to the Eric Musselman buyout because he could be going to my alma mater, Indiana University. Don't even respond. Here's how the game is played. You're going to answer two kinds of questions. First, there are traditional trivia questions about sports, sports betting, the world at large, but also completely subjective and totally asinine open-ended prompts. To accumulate points, you must answer the trivia questions correctly and also convince me that your responses to those open-ended prompts are better than your opponents. I feel like this is the dressed down, not as classy version of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR. If you hate gambling, go listen to NPR. I should give all credit for this to producer Matt Mitchell, uh, an audio genius, because in this game, just like sports betting, you can't get them all right. Let's begin. Part one. I'm going to sing it in honor of Billy Joe. Come out, Virginia. Don't let me wait. Here we go. Colin, the last final four was held in 2019 when the University of Virginia won it all. Name two of the other three members of that final four. Michigan State, Texas Tech, Auburn. Wow. Dude, Alex Monaco. Set the bar. Simon, oh he came in so hot on that. Alex, you're up next. Virginia defeated Texas Tech by eight points in that 2019 championship game. They only covered as one and a half point favorites because UVA forced overtime thanks to a three-pointer with 12 seconds left in regulation from this player. Now a starter on the Atlanta Hawks when he's not injured. Oh, I was going to say guy. Is it guy? It's not guy. It's the... Oh, I'm wrong. You should be ashamed of yourself. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gambling on the Hawks. I'm not watching every possession. The answer is DeAndre Hunter. True story. I was on spring break uh, with my family and my best friend's family. I made a bet with my best friend's oldest son, who was 15 at the time, uh, that UVA would cover. The only stakes were, he is a thoughtful, amazing, strong-willed kid. The stakes were, if UVA covered for the next 48 hours of our trip, anytime I was in the room and I said something or I said that he had to do this, the only thing he could say was, you're right, Chad. And Believe me, there's nothing more painful for a strong-willed teenager than to have to not respond and just say, you're right. It was the greatest 48 hours of my life. Chad Millman got something right. All right, Simon, when UVA won that championship and cut down the nets, the broadcast booth referred to them as the all-time turnaround champions, a reference to their mortifying 2018 opening round loss to this team, the only 16 seed to ever defeat a one seed. Name the team or its mascot. Let's go with Cleveland State. University, Maryland, Baltimore County, the Retrievers. Wow. Colin Wilson getting out to a big, big lead. And by the way, this is why you're the fucking sidekick, because you don't know college basketball. I don't, but I do well in these brackets because of that. So the less you know, Chad. Here we go. Are you ready? Part two. As you know, last year, a budding global pandemic denied us a college basketball champion, and it's been two years since we've experienced March Madness. So your task, sell me on another annual sporting event that would be improved if it was held every other year from now on. For example, if Nathan's hot dog eating contest was held every other 4th of July, it might feel more fun and less gross. Simon, you get to go first. Now, this is very close to my heart, and it's the World Cup. 
never get over the fact that it's such an old school thing that it's every four years. I know some people like that because it's so much time in between, but I, I've always been clamoring for two years. There's just so much talent right now in the world that plays football around the nation, like everywhere. I mean, even America's getting better playing soccer. So I would love if they would make it two years with the World Cup because I would just like to see the, the showcasing of the talent. There's there's few more more fun than betting on the World Cup because it's nation versus nation. And if you're traveling during the World Cup, it's just cool. Everyone wearing all their countries, colors, and everything like that. So for me, I wish they would move it to every two years. Here's what I like that you did. You took the premise, which was take something that happens every year and turn it into something every other year. And you took something that is so beloved and so good. It said, there's too much scarcity. We need more of it and turned it from four years to two years. I will accept that answer. And I'm going to give you extra credit for coming up with something that is the complete opposite of what the question was. Alex, you get to go next. Chad, I got to go with the Pro Bowl, my friend. The most unnecessary annual, I'm going to quote your boy Seinfeld here when he got an award. I mean, just give them the award. People that get awards, they know that they're already in work. Just just say it out loud. If, if these guys are going to be millionaires not tackling, and now we're in Orlando and not even Hawaii, so aesthetics are out the window. If they're playing not to get hurt, just, you know, move it before the Super Bowl like they used to years ago. Or bud kiss. I'm all set. It's the, it's the MLB All-Star Game of Bust, baby. Give me the Pro Bowl every other year. I don't mind that answer either. That is very thoughtful. All right, Colin. I think I know how I'm handicapping this race so far, but give me, give me your response. Listen, if we're going to talk about bowls, we need to trim bowl season back. And this is a guy that will watch any bowl at any time and bet on anything. There's just too many of them. And so we need to ask ourselves, do I need a bad boy mowers bowl every year? Do I need a Bitcoin St. Petersburg Tropicana, whatever the hell that thing was bowl between Mississippi State and Miami of Ohio? Bowl game fever. Catch it. No, listen, the New Mexico Bowl hasn't even had a sponsor in four years, and they just played the goddamn thing in Frisco, Texas. There's too many bowls. Some of these need to be chopped off, but don't take away my Bahamas Bowl, right? So some of these need to be trimmed. Wow, that's pretty good too. By the way, Bitcoin trading at 58,000 this morning. I'm going to anoint a winner here, and it's not because he's my BFF and my companion and my full co-host of the Favorites podcast on the Volume Podcasting Network. It's because his answer was the most creative and I think would bring the most fun. And at the end of the day, I want something that is going to bring fun. I don't want something that is just something that sucks, now getting it every two years instead of getting it every year. There is no better event in the World Cup. It is extraordinary. Soyman Hunter, you win that round. Not to be confused with DeAndre Hunter. That is correct. Part two, Cinderella and the City. March Madness is all about Cinderella stories. So our first question is inspired by the beloved animated movie Cinderella released by Disney back in 1950. The NCAA basketball champion that year was the City College of New York whose infamous point-shaving scandal rocked the college basketball world, infuriated honest gamblers, and forever altered New York City's status as a college basketball powerhouse. Despite this, there are still seven men's programs with campuses in New York City. Name these seven schools one point each. You'll guess one at a time, snake draft style. Simon, we're going to start with you. Thank God, because I think I only know two. Uh, NYU? You're wrong. Alex, you're up next. 
Cornell. What the fuck is wrong with you? Cornell's not in New York City. Are you saying New York City? I thought it was the surrounding area. It's New York City. And by the way, Cornell isn't even the surrounding area. Cornell is like eight hours away. It's in upstate New York. It's closer to Canada. Columbia. All right. Columbia is right. Jesus Christ. We're giving you that answer only because like you're a new friend. We give people second chances. All right. Colin. Yeah, I mean, I'll clean up the other six if these guys can't get him. So he's lucky he got Columbia. I'm going to take the one away that these guys might actually get. So I'll start with St. John's. Boom. Alex, you're up next. Does Fordham count? Fordham counts. That's pretty good. All right. So, Alex, you got two. Look at Simon. Simon. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm dead to rights. I got nothing. Oh, my God. Simon is, is zero here so far. Colin, you're next. I'm going to take the team away that's made the tournament more times than people would recognize. That'd be Manhattan. No. Oh, that was a good one. You got it. Alex, you're next. Queen City College. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Long Island Sharks away from because they've made the tournament a bunch of times. It's true. So, Colin, just ah. end it. If you get one end more. It, yeah, well, Wagner was the number one seed in their conference tournament. They didn't pull it off. So that's one that's in Staten Island. And then the last one is the only team out of this entire group that has never made the NCAA tournament. And that would be St. Francis of New York, not St. Francis of PA. So there's your teams. Well done. Can someone get Alex some kind of atlas so he can learn a little bit about where things are? Part two of our Cinderella story game. Cinderella is one of 13 officially recognized Disney princesses. Sell me on the one Disney princess you choose to build a winning basketball team around. Obviously, you guys know all three of the princesses by heart, but as a reminder for the audience, they are Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Mulan, Tiana, Rapunzel, Merida, Moana, and Rhea. Alex, this might be the moment when you can redeem yourself. Chad, I got to go with Snow White. It's an easy decision. First of all, she deals with the seven dwarfs. That's grumpy. That's sleepy. That's dopey. That's a little Bill Walton, little Rasheed Wallace. You got the doc, bashful. You got the Meta World Peace Rock in the Indiana Pacers brawl, pre-meta. Who better equipped than Snow White? She already deals with every kind of little man possible. This is Far and away will be my best answer. Snow White. I don't mind it. Colin, you're up. Thinking about Ariel, but she doesn't have any legs. Like she had to cut a deal with a damn octopus just to try to find some feet. So if you can't even find some feet, you're not going to be on my team. Frankly, the winner in this group is not even close, is Jasmine. And the reason is because she married Aladdin, which means she now owns half of that flying rug. And by the time she gets divorced, she'll own all of the flying rug. That's what I want on my basketball team. That's not bad either. That is next level thinking. All right, Simon. Chad, you know what I'm going to do. I'm a schemer. I'm always looking for a little edge, a little loophole. We left out a huge loophole. Someone that recently just joined the Disney family. Might, some might say the greatest princess ever exists, Princess Leia. I don't even need a ruling here because... Simon went next level in the same way that he thought about the World Cup. He looked at the problem and didn't accept what he saw in front of him. He decided there's a better way to win. Guys, that's why he's been a successful professional better for so long. That's why he wins this round of the game. Simon the fix is in, Chad. The fix is in with your co-host. She may be able to float through space dead and frozen, but she ain't got no damn carpet. So whatever. 
Let's head into part three. I'm giving you a score update right now. Colin is ahead. He's got six points. Simon and Alex are tied with two. Although Simon has given very creative answers. And even if he just gets those two points, I feel like strategically, he has proven himself to be head and shoulders above everybody here. Part three, let's party like it's 1991. Fans love to see fresh teams get their shot at the big dance. Simon, also known as the State University of New Jersey, this team broke the longest March Madness drought in this year's tournament. Come on, Jersey boy. I'll go with Rutgers, but it feels like it's DCNJ, but I'll say Rutgers. Nice job. The Scarlet Knights last went dancing in 1991. 1991 was the first year CBS televised every NCAA tournament game. This famous broadcaster was their top play-by-play guy, also famous for referring to the Masters as a tradition unlike any other. Alex, that is you. Jim Nance. Throw me a double tap layup. Thank you, Chad. Welcome back to Butler Cabin and this tradition unlike any other. Colin, this is for you. In the 1991 NCAA championship, Larry Johnson and the undefeated UNLV running Rebels lost to this eight-point underdog. Mm -hmm. Colin, who beat them? Sadly, guys, this is right up my alley because Arkansas was in the final four the year before. Woo, pig suey. The answer is Duke because Duke was embarrassed the year before by that wonderful UNLV team that my Arkansas fought with every single year. You are 100% correct. Let's keep going. Simon, you're next. The song Someday was number one in the charts in March of 1991, performed by this female powerhouse, Billboard Magazine's most successful musical artist of the 90s. It feels like Madonna killed the 90s, so I guess Madonna. I'm going to give you another guess. I'm going to give you another guess. <laughs> All right. It feels like it's cheating, but Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey <laughs> is the answer. In 1991, Alex, this car named after a Zodiac symbol, was in the middle of a six-year run as the most popular car in America. I hated it in L.A. for years. I should know this off the dome. Um, Aries? The Ford Taurus. Oh, that makes it sound so easy. Alex, this game is not going well for you. Maybe there's time to rally. Colin, some Vegas sports books lost over a million dollars after two teams went from worst to first to meet in the 1991 World Series. The Atlanta Braves were 100 to 1 to win the NL pennant. They lost in the World Series in seven games to this team who were 100 to 1 to win the World Series. Yeah. I mean, Jack Morrison, the Twins. Here's what's unfair. Here's what's unfair. Colin is the only other person on this podcast who's old like me. You too old. You're just an old man. He lived through all these things. He might have been driving a Ford Taurus. He might have been listening to Mariah Carey on CDs. Well, 1991 was the birth of Nirvana. So no, I was listening to Nevermind and I wasn't able to drive. And if I would have been, I had OJ's Bronco. So Ford Bronco instead of a Ford Taurus. So... All right. So maybe I was listening to Mariah and CDs and I was driving a Fortress while also watching that World Series. Here we go. Next question. As we celebrate Rutgers return to March Madness for the first time since 1991, if you could bring back one thing from the early 90s to immediately improve sports betting today, what would you choose? Colin, you're up first. Technology has made the gambling space 
better for consumers, better for betters. Actually, it's been better for bookmakers. What got me in trouble with my parents back then is that I called a 1-900 number. And my parents thought that I was calling like for like, you know, some sort of dirty girl 1-900 number thing. No, I was calling a touts hotline because apparently he was standing on the sideline of a two lane football game. And I needed to know if a running back is playing. If we could bring something back from the past, the age of the 1-900 numbers, and we shouldn't have touts. The 1-900 numbers should go straight to beat writers that are on the basketball court, on the football field, telling us who's in warmups, who looks a little shaky, who's got to take a shit, right? I mean, this is apparently handicapping Lamar Jackson and Paul Pierce bowel movements are, are a thing now. So it, it, I need a 1-900 number straight to the field. I love that idea. By the way, I used to call 976-1313, which was sports phone, every 10 minutes to get updates on scores. That's the kind of world we were living in. You're just an old man. Also, not for nothing. One time, my buddy's mom did happen to get on the phone when we called a different kind of 900 number. And she was asking us a lot of questions. Alex, look back into your infant memories and tell me one thing that could come back that would improve sports betting today. Chad, I got to go with bully ball. I'm sorry. I'm sick of these little baby back whistles, the hardened flops, the Italy Serie A dives, whatever you want to call them. I miss a 92-86 game when I was in diapers. Everyone hammering the under. If they played playoff basketball all year, it would make for a better product in terms of gambling. You're not going to get bailed out by the whistle. The refs are screwing us every other day. And I, I got to bring back some elbows and some jugulars getting hit and, and a couple bloody noses. I like that idea. I think that's a really good idea. Bully ball. Bully ball. Oh, Bill Lampier with it. All right, Simon, this is your chance. Make a move. If I could bring anything back from 1991, it would be your jet black hair. I don't know how it was so black back then, but <laughs> I, I'm looking at these photos and I can't get over how dark your hair used to be. So if I could bring any back anything to improve my gambling life, it would be Chad's jet black hair. Swear to God. I think you look great for, what are you, 61, 62? Getting there. I agree <laughs> with you, Simon. Somehow... It's come down to you and Alex Monaco. I am going to go with Simon because why? Unbelievable. Why? Unbelievable. I want jet black hair. The reason why he's saying that is because over the past few days, since we announced the deal with uh, Colin and Volume Podcast Network, there have been a couple of pictures floating around of me on the set of Colin's Sunday morning football show when we were both at ESPN. And I look like I'm 12 years old and I've got the most glorious head of jet black hair. I look freaking fantastic. I'm going to tell you this, Alex, if Chad doesn't work out here at the Action Network and with the volume, he's definitely got a job as a Pac-12 football referee. <laughs> All right. Part four, alums. One of the best parts of March Madness is learning about random schools and their quasi-famous alumni. Virginia is a number three seed, and this former Mountaineers basketball star played for every Lakers team. Alex, this is for you. Every Lakers team on the 1960s for his Hall of Fame career and is believed to be the model for the NBA logo. This, as they say in the biz, pun intended, a fucking layup. Mr. Jerry West. Boom. Colin, 12 seated Winthrop boasts this popular actress as an alum. She played Bill Murray's TV producer and love interest in the movie Groundhog Day. Andy McDowell. Boom. 
Uh, Simon, this one's for you. You're never going to get it, but I'm probably going to give you points for it anyways. Actor, Barkad Abdi is a product of 14 seed Moorhead State. He famously tells Tom Hanks this quote in this 2013 film. Look at me. I am the captain now. Hey! Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. I, I remember it was the Somali pirates robbing the ship. Captain, what was it, man? But yeah, I can't remember it. You know what? You came so close and you tried so hard. <laughs> I know it's there. Uh, it's Captain Phillips and you you had it. So you're getting a point for that. Uh, Alex, 16th seat of Drexel is the school of fame music producer Howard Benson, who won a Grammy for producing this singer's 2011 album, Stronger, which featured the chart-topping single. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Gosh, is this embarrassing that I think I might know this? You should know it. She's a, an incredible artist. Kelly Clarkson? Kelly Clarkson. I started to laugh in the middle of that question because I'm thinking of like all the stuff that we have to be doing right now at the Action Network to get ready for March Madness. And I got Matt Mitchell, who I know is in a dark room, looking for these kinds of questions. Uh, all right, Colin, this is another one for you. Last two questions of this round. This ESPN insider graduated from ninth seated St. Bonaventure and is famous for NBA social media news bombs that bear his nickname. Adrian Wojnarowski. That is correct. Simon, last question. One of 12 seated Georgetown's most famous alums is this late 20th century U.S. president who received a bachelor's degree from their School of Foreign Service in 1968. Clinton. Bill Clinton. If you would say Jimmy Carter... Gerald Ford, Barack Obama, I also would have given you credit. It's Bill Clinton, but you always get the right answer. Oh, I love it. Bill Clinton, also one of two, two presidents I've met. Bill Clinton also joining me in a ton of games in Bud Walton Arena in the mid-90s. Totally did that. Woo, pig suey. Famous alums are great, but there's no greater ambassador for a college hoops program than its mascot. Looking at the round one matchups, handicap your favorite mascot matchup, including the money line and who you are taking. Colin, you're first. There's a favorite in there that would probably have short odds. And sometimes it's okay to bet fat favorites. Think of Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor. You had to hammer it. And so when you look at Drexel going up against Illinois, you kind of think of Mario the Magnificent, the dragon for Drexel. And he should be about a minus 400 favorite because he's going up against the Fighting Illini. But what you don't think about is the Fighting Illini are going through in a complete identity change. Their new mascot is now a bird called Kingfisher, and I quote, is known for taking a high-speed dive. I will lay minus 400, minus 500, minus 600 against any bird that represents a high-speed dive and represents a team run by Brett Bielema. So yes, give me Mario the Magnificent of Drexel minus 500. I'll lay it all day, bank account, kids, college fund, everything. I will tell you right now, my older son is, uh, has applied to colleges, wants to study game design. One of the best game design programs in the country is at Drexel. I am very aware of what Drexel is and of the dragons. And I am with you 100%. I love the dragons as a nickname. I love the dragons in this matchup. As an Illinoisan, I am annoying. <laughs> they've changed it to this kingfisher that takes a dive. In yeah. sports, the last thing you want to do is be connected to anything that takes a dive. Alex, you've got a long way to go to climb out of this one, buddy. I'm going to go with, I think, what is the most highly anticipated first round matchup and from a mascot standpoint, 
Chad, I'm going to go with Ramesses, the Dorset Ram for the Tar Heels at a little minus, I would say probably 140 because Bucky the Badger of Wisconsin looks pesky. But I've seen the Dorset Ram when he gets Snickers hangry. I got to be honest. I'm taking those horns all day long to run over Bucky, maybe give a little Tar Heel Cobra Kai high kick. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough time, but I will swallow the little bit of juice. Give me Ramesses. It's also like a like a Game of Thrones name, if, if we're calling a spade a spade. Just uh, Ramesses doesn't lose to Bucky the Badger. I think that's really interesting. Badgers are, they are tough, but Bucky the Badger is no honey badger. So I don't mind this one. Uh, Simon, you're up next. I feel like this one was really easy. Almost heaven. West Virginia, a Mountaineer. I mean, the guy has a gun, and he's playing against Moorhead State, who's just a bird. I'm going to take a, mount, a Mountaineer with a gun to beat a bird every time. So I'd make these odds minus 10,000. Like, a Mountaineer killing a bird, that's just common practice. So for me, I, I love the odds here with West Virginia's mascot. Let me tell you something. You are 100% correct. Of course, it's the guy with the shotgun. You win again. It's uncanny to me that you keep pulling these out in the last second. Here we go. Part five. The Action Network app is great, but it can always get better. So let's play Action App Upgrades. The award-winning Action Network app is great. It lets you track your bets, gives you real-time win percentages on your picks. It's got betting tools. It lets you follow friends and experts to see what they're betting. It's incredible. But that doesn't mean it can't get better. In this segment, your job is to pitch me a brand new app feature I don't care how expensive, outlandish, potentially dangerous it might be, as long as it moves the needle and helps us serve gamblers better. We also call this the shameless promotion section. Simon, you're up first. Definitely for me, I would say the biggest thing would 100% be something that can help me when I'm underneath the influence of alcohol. It's 1130 midnight. I've just eaten a whole pie of pizza. Now I'm eating a meatball sub. And I see the 76ers are minus seven against some terrible team. And I'm like, you know what? Let's put a grand on it. This feels good. And then you wake up the next morning and you're just like, oh my God, why did I just bet that amount of money on this team that never covers as a favorite? So for me, I would love if the Action Network, I don't know if it was like a breathalyzer or something, but something that establishes that I'm sober and clear-minded while I make this bet. That would be a great update to the app. Pretty good. Pretty good. Colin, you're one of the biggest followed experts in the app. You must have a theory here. Well, first off, I disagree with Simon because I think you should get achievement points and you should unlock things when you're drunk and you blow <laughs> in a breathalyzer. Like you have achieved the ability to bet on a Hawaii football game at midnight. You have to be drunk to watch that and bet on it. One of the best ideas we could ever come up with is an action bumble slash tender slash dating, right? Where you hop into the app a radius of 50 to 100 you know, miles around you, you find other degenerates that want to gamble. You left or right swipe them looking at squareness. I want to bet against these people and take their money. Well, he looks sharp. I'm going to swipe left. He looks sharp. I'm swiping. Oh, this guy, I can take his money. He's wearing the gear of the home team. I know that he's going to lay a stupid price. Action tender, action bumble, but for degenerates to get together and, and do peer-to-peer betting against each other. There's nobody who loves to judge people on the surface more than me. This is an incredible, incredible idea. Alex, you got to redeem yourself here, man. I'm going to dumb and dumber. Totally double up the gloves, redeem myself. Chad, you may get into a second strategic partnership by the end of this RE Gold pitch. I just used it earlier. 
I talked about chasing. If you could partner with Chase Bank, organic with it, to help people with lack of discipline, not saying that's me, but I'm saying that's me. When you start opening up the live betting, boom, Chase Protection. We don't want to see you go broke. Chad, this is not only brilliant, you're Shark Tank leaving money on the table right now. This could be signed, sealed, and delivered by the end of the week. I will make the necessary calls on a walk and talk until I close the deal. I won't sleep until I close the deal. We got to do a deal for responsible gaming to get people to stop betting. Is that what you're saying? That is absolutely not what I'm saying. First of all, I didn't hear anybody else bring in a brand to give me a little parlay two for one on a sales pitch. It could be a pop-up, just letting people know, like poor Simon after a meatball sub, hey man, do you really want to chase the Sixers minus seven? Personally think this is brilliant. I may go out and prove you wrong and get them to say yes on this if you don't like the idea, Chad. I'm going to let you do that, Alex. <laughs> I am going to let you take this idea into the market. When you, when you sell it, I'm going to pay you big. I'm going to let you get a piece of the profits. The winner in this, of course, it's got to be Simon. Who doesn't want like action breathalyzer? It's, it's brilliant. Collins was spectacular. I'll take this up with the product development team. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is the grand finale. Here is the current score. Colin is ahead with 10 points. Simon has eight points. Alex has five points, but I have no idea at what point he actually got. <laughs> so the topic right now is greatest of all time. How much would you like to risk? Please text your wager amount to Matt Mitchell. You will wager from your point total. Here's the question. 11-seeded Syracuse is coached by Jim Beheim, the longest tenured coach in college basketball. The Orange promoted him to head coach on April 3rd, 1976. Just four days earlier in the 1976 NCAA championship game, this team, considered by some to be the greatest college basketball team of all time, crushed Michigan as six-point favorites. They remain the last undefeated champions in college basketball history. Who is this team? Text producer Matt Mitchell with your answer. Simon, tell me your wager and your answer. I wagered all eight points, uh, of course. Uh, and when UCLA. Are you serious? Yeah. You're wrong. You have. Z I try to give you every point in the world, and yet you blow yeah, it anyways. Alex, your answer. It's the Hoosiers. Indiana Hoosiers. What did you wager? Since I'm half the man Colin is on this program, I wagered all of it. All right, listen, you've got 10 points right now. If Colin did not wager at least one point or he got the wrong answer, somehow, miraculously, Alex Monaco <laughs> is going to win this game. Colin, give me your wager. Give me your answer. Well, Colin wagered seven points to stay ahead of Simon from all of the Pac-12 flagging I've been getting in this whole entire episode. It was quite a diversion by you because this is a Chad Millman run podcast and no Chad Millman run podcast ends without an answer being Indiana basketball. So I like how you started off with Jim Beheim and you try to like deflect with the year, but I know the answer is going to be Indiana because it's you.
I had it typed into Mitchell before you even finished. Indiana seven points. So, boom. A lot of obfuscation. Went with Syracuse early on. You're 100% right. Indiana University, they went undefeated in 1976. They beat their Big Ten rival Michigan in the championship game. That was a legendary college basketball team. Of course, thematically, what is Gonzaga trying to do? They're trying to finish the season undefeated. And as NCAA college basketball champions. All right, folks. This has been the first edition of the Thursday Thunderdome. And I want to thank you guys all for playing along. Your answers were fun and funny and creative and credible and really enjoyable. The winner, Colin Wilson, 17 points in second place. Alex Monaco, 10 points. Bringing up the rear, my BFF, with zero points because he goes all in. Mr. Simon Hunter. And before we sign off, here's a word from our fearless leader, Action Network CEO, Patrick King. I don't know what you to pull this amateur bull trap, all right? Do you hear me? Do you understand me? This has been the favorites from Volume Podcast Network. I'm Chad Millman for Alex Monaco. Listen to his podcast on a regular basis on Volume Podcast Network. It's all about gambling. Listen to the Action Network podcast with Colin Wilson and Stucky. And listen to the favorites. Download from Apple, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, love you. Love you.